0: shannon
1: and i'm rami and this is workplace hugs where we talk about interesting things we've read to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree i've been kind of beating myself up over (laughs) what we're talking about this week shannon and i'm so excited about the topic the book uh everything what is it what is it that we're talking about this week
0: Rami, you are getting so <laughs> cheesy with introductions. <laughs> I'm just going to comment on that. So Rami, I'm I'm so glad you've been going through an experience where you're beating yourself up because today we're going to talk about self-compassion.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, so self-compassion is a book by Kristen Neff that I read, I don't know, probably like a year ago. Uh, and, and again, like you guessed it, it's a book about self-compassion. But what I think is... Fascinating about this book is a person who deeply resisted being compassionate to myself. Is that in in the beginning of the book, she's basically talking about why we should turn away from pursuing self-esteem and trade it in for some self-compassion instead. So I'm really excited for us to dig deeper into that because yeah. I think self-esteem and like confidence and those things are things that I see coming up for clients like so often as something that they want more of. And this book really changed my perspective to say, we need to just flipping like throw the pursuit of that in the garbage (laughs) and start to focus on just like beginning with a compassionate approach to ourselves that then leads to, I think, higher levels of confidence. So today, we're going to talk about like, what is compassion anyway? Let's get clear on that. Why is self-compassion better than self-esteem? And how you can begin to embrace self-compassion, what are the elements of it? And then, like, getting into some tactical, practical, like, tips that you can, like, try to take home to begin to pursue more self-compassion in your life.
1: I love it. And the the big thing here is really separating self-esteem from confidence, right? Like, we're saying that self-esteem is a bad thing, but you want to be confident, right? Like, you don't want to lack confidence.
0: yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. And I think the point of entry is through self-compassion to confidence. But people perceive it as self-esteem. It's going to make more sense when we talk about okay. it, I promise. let's hop
1: in. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> okay. So first, like, let's get clear on, like, gosh, like, what is compassion anyway? So as Kristen talks about it in the book, Kristen and I are on a first-name basis, apparently. <laughs> 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 as, as Kristen talks about it in the book... Uh, instead of mercilessly judging and criticizing ourselves all the time, we take a kind and understanding approach when confronted with like different inadequacies or times where we feel like we failed in our life. So she breaks it into like, there's four elements here. Like, first, it's just like recognition of suffering, like, oh, crap, I'm going through something that's really hard right now. Right? And, and if you think about this in terms of delivering compassion to others, I think that makes sense. Like oftentimes like just us acknowledging what is here for the other person can do a lot for them. The yeah. Second, so what I was going to
1: say is like, I'm thinking about it as compassion for others Yes, and then flipping it inward. But it yes. starts with, I think we're more used to showing compassion or having other people show compassion to us.
0: Yes. Sometimes with clients, uh the very th- first thing I'll do with clients is like work work through a coaching plan and like identify strengths and they'll say like, oh well I'm really you know compassionate or kind to other people and it's like okay great awesome like let's put up a flipping mirror so some of that can get reflected back <laughs> to you, you know? So that yeah. inner critic that's just on repeat in your head isn't so harsh. So yeah, that's the first element. Just like recognition and acknowledgement of suffering that like you're in a hard moment or in a tough place. Uh, second thing that she calls out is that it's about feelings of kindness, warmth, or caring that I think can come through when you just acknowledge what's here. The third element of compassion is like a desire to help, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the difference between compassion and perhaps things like empathy. If you look at like the Webster definition dex- definition in the dictionary, yep. is that there is like a-, a helping that wants to happen. And then the other thing that compassion is, is like, it's a recognition of a shared human experience, You know, that we all have challenging times or seasons. And so there could be like a common element, a common binder in that sense. Yeah. So Rami, my my first question on this element of our conversation today is, do you think self-compassion is hard for people? Yes. Okay. And and why or why not? I, I agree with you. I think it's hard. And I think I resisted the heck out of it. But I think for
1: in the same way that we think about, like, others, I think we don't want to baby, I don't think we want to baby ourselves. And I think when we're like, oh, like, am I being, I don't think we look at it as self compassion. I think we look at it as like, I don't know what, like, the, 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 like, overarching word would be. But like, it's almost like, oh, like, if I'm going to be kind to myself, it's because like, I can't achieve that thing, or like, I can't do better. I can't, I can't push past this thing, where it's like, well, no, I'm just gonna let my critic run wild, beat myself up. And like, that's what's gonna help me achieve the next thing.
0: Yes. Yes. And and that was my experience, too. Like when, when this concept was first brought to me is like, hey, maybe this is a skill set you want to grow within yourself, was a deep seated fear of like, oh, but if I'm more compassionate to me, like, then I might get soft, you yes, know, like then yes, I might not yes. reach as far or go as hard as I might. And in the book, like she she calls out the difference between self-compassion and self-indulgence. You know, and that sometimes I think we make doing any moves or actions of self-compassion is like then we're all of a sudden gonna be this self-indulgent, like sloppy mm-hmm. person who never challenges ourselves or tries hard at all. And and really we need to discern that there is a there is a difference there. Because ultimately, when you're pursuing self compassion, you still want to be happy and healthy in the long run, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. about pursuing like the true thing versus like, the balls to the walls thing. Because at the end of the day, you, you cannot shame yourself into true action. And I think we see this time and time again, with people who are pursuing, you know, changes or different goals of like, if you're trying to shame yourself into it and kick the crap out of yourself, like, it's only going to take you so far.
1: It's really funny because they're so far on the edges. I kind of think of... This is me getting into pop culture like I always do. But, like, I think of Harry Potter. And I think of, like, how... I don't know anything about Harry
0: Potter, but, like, go for it, Robbie.
1: (laughs) So, he, like, stays with his, like, uncle and aunt. And they, like, are very indulgent to their kid, um, Dudley. And they, like, treat Harry like garbage. And so, it's kind of those two ends of the spectrum, right? Like, you're either self indulgent, or like you are your like worst critic and treat yourself terribly. And I think what you're saying, the, the point of what she's trying to make a point of is here is like, there's a space in the middle, where you can like really thread that line in a healthy way, because what we're talking about on the edges here are both unhealthy.
0: Absolutely. I love that metaphor. And, and we make self compassion be the other end of the spectrum, not realizing that self indulgence is the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. compassion is somewhere in the middle where first again you acknowledge like oh this is a tough moment where do i want to go from here you know i think about it like if if a kid broke his arm (laughs) if the first thing you do is just like rain the crap out of him like why did you climb on that swing set you know i've told you a million times versus taking a compassionate approach and and like getting the kid to the er you know
1: it's not thinking whether or not he might be able to pitch for the Cubs, because yes. he has like super strength, <laughs> yes. like the kid and rookie of the year.
0: Yes. And and is it self indulgent in that sense to first lead with <laughs> compassion? No, like absolutely not. It's just compassionate. Okay, so in the second part that I'm curious for us to unpack that, that I thought was fascinating in the book is when she makes the case for why is self compassion better than self esteem as a pursuit, so to speak. Oh, this this one is just so fascinating. It really blew my mind open. So she makes the point that like self-esteem is often rooted in how we are going to be different, better, stand out, or like be special Ooh. from other people. Yeah. If you think about it, right? And I was like, yeah. oh, crap, that is such a great point. And it can create traps when we try to relentlessly pursue being different, better, special from other people. like that like leads to things like, I don't know, flipping narcissism, mm-hmm. <laughs> self absorption, maybe being like prejudiced or discriminating or, or self righteous towards other people. None of those are qualities that I want to possess. within me. No. Um, and so it's interesting for me, too. When I read this book, I was like, oh, I know we've talked about imposter syndrome before on the podcast, but it made me think like, oh, I wonder how much the pursuit of self esteem then creates imposter syndrome in folks. Because it's basically about like encouraging us to ignore or potentially distort or hide our Uh shortcomings so that we can have great high self-esteem, but then inevitably it makes us feel like flipping frauds all the time if we do that. So again, like compassion can be the middle road point where it's like, no, you do get to acknowledge that you have shortcomings and like where do we want to go from there versus pursuing the self-esteem that then just makes us collapse into this pit of imposter syndrome.
1: Well, I think you're hitting it right on the nose. And I think we missed that whole thing when we talked about imposter syndrome is like it really is the pursuit of self-esteem that that does lead us to imposter syndrome, which is so fascinating because it's just all propped up on this narcissism, self-absorption. How do we stand out? How are we different? How are we better? Special. Yeah. But there's nothing there's nothing underneath it because we're not giving ourselves anything underneath it.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, and then the other argument that she makes is that self-esteem is contingent upon your latest success or failure, which makes because it, there's nothing
1: else there, Shannon. That makes sense. Right? That makes sense.
0: <laughs> right. So like it's ever fluctuating. Whereas the point she makes is that self-compassion essentially can offer the same protection against harsh criticism. You know, because like you're like, oh well, if I have self-esteem, then what people say about me are the just won't matter. Well, self-compassion can do the same thing, but without the drawbacks of, I don't know, potentially becoming a narcissist and self-absorbed or then eventually having an ultimate collapse into imposter syndrome because you're pursuing, you know, that, that end. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my mind was blown at that. It sounds like your mind is a little wrapping your brain around it too. (laughs) It just knocked my socks off. And it was the first thing that ever, that I ever heard that helped me soften around that belief that like, oh, but if I'm compassionate towards me, It's going to make me a softy. Like, no, actually, it's been quite the opposite. Okay, so then the the last part that I want to tackle here before we go into the tactical is, well, okay, great, Chan. Like, this is so cool. I'm now with you. I believe I know what self-compassion is. I believe that it matters. But like, how the hell do I do this? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I embrace this a little bit? And again, she breaks it into three buckets. So she says this is about embracing self-kindness instead of self-judgment. So at its most basic level, it's basically just like, I don't know, be nice to yourself. <laughs> just be flipping nice to yourself. This is also on the self-esteem thing that we just talked about. The second thing she says is this is about embracing a common humanity versus isolating yourself. So committing to self-compassion means recognizing that like you're not alone. Everyone experiencing experiences challenging times. And you being stressed or upset or anxious isn't just you being you. It's you being a human.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: It's you being human. I love human.
1: that. It's yes. almost like, how do we think about being compassionate for others? Like, what are those things that we do? And how do we just do those for ourselves?
0: Yes. Yes. And and letting that be a connector because it's our flipping egos, right? Our egos want us to be separate. Separate, separate, mm-hmm. separate, separate, separate. separate. Um, and it's when we get on the hook for that and the hook of self-esteem that takes us, I think, away from the second thing that she's saying of like, no, 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 like, We're all humans. And when we embrace that and we actually stop focusing so much on how can we be separate, special, significant, (laughs) we can find and access a lot more compassion for ourselves, too.
1: One, I think it takes some humility for us to be compassionate to ourselves, because I think it's that ego that says, like, I don't need to be compassionate to myself because I'm better than that person. Yep, I'm better than that person I was compassionate to. Exactly. I don't I don't need that.
0: Totally. Like, I'm not human. I'm super human. I'm super human. Screw this compassion crap. Totally. Um, And then the third thing that she says of, like, what do we need to embrace self-compassion is mindfulness versus an over-identification with, she uses the label, negative emotions. I'm a little bit sensitive to that because I don't like to think of anything as negative emotion. It's all just feeling. It's all just energy and motion. Uh, but essentially, like, reminding ourselves that it's, it's not about attempting to control our thoughts, which I think a lot of folks who maybe need self-compassion the most try to do, like, how can I control, but rather about observing them versus just straight up believing them. Mm. Just observe. So she talks about things like how do we r- respond to what the observation is versus reacting to it. Uh, she breaks it into a couple steps like just like noticing labeling and moving on Mm -hmm. and then reminding ourselves to just go experience living in the very next moment I like that I wanted to go just like explore this mindfulness thing a little bit deeper because why the hell does mindfulness have to be the key to everything (laughs) (laughs) like there's this little bit of like a it sounds so simple kind of a thing that comes up sometimes with it but like if I go back through our podcast episodes I think like gosh like We really do talk a lot about just like, you know, like, slow down, like, get present to the moment. What's coming up for you right now? So I'm curious, Rami, what's your take on mindfulness? And like, how do you when when you hear things like this come up of like, oh, yeah, you just got to be more mindful. Like, what does that mean to you in your life? Like, what does that actually look like for you?
1: I think I think the tricky part with mindfulness, it's this and you have it here, like the responding versus reacting, that Mm -hmm. like notice label move on, is we move really fast, right? And we've had the Ferris Bueller quote a thousand times, but like life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, it just passes you by. But I think it's how do we build those breaks into the day for ourselves to allow us to slow down? Because I think when we allow ourselves to slow down, right like for me i'll go stand outside it's usually sunny here and i've never had snow here so (laughs) i can stand outside almost every day um but i think that is like i just go outside and on my phone i don't have anything i just like go sit in the chair in our backyard and just like take in the sun get a little vitamin d and just kind of like slow down and like let my thoughts kind of slow down because i think when when we're working, we're at that pace and it's like, I, I got to work fast. I got to do this. We just had a meeting. Like, everybody's talking, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, let's just take a minute. Let's breathe. Let's slow down and, like, recenter. Because I think the, the times in our lives when we react in a way that's different than, I think, who we are at our core comes from being... Stuck in a day that kind of gets away from you, Mm -hmm. right? Like you go to five meetings, they all went different than you expected, and you're running, you haven't checked your email, like you're behind on things, and then all of a sudden, like you explode, right? Now, if you would have had time to recenter, that wouldn't have bothered you as much. But because you haven't had time for a little bit of mindfulness, you now are just taking on the emotion of the day rather than like finding who you are and letting that dictate how you react to things.
0: Yeah. How
1: do you do it Shannon?
0: I think it's in similar instances and ways. Uh, And I'm longing to try to find ways to like make it more approachable for clients. So I do have a regular meditation practice and meditate for 20 minutes pretty much every day, but I am taking a lot more solace in like the two minute intervals of Mm -hmm. mindfulness, right? Like, so if, if you, if you're not in a place, for whatever reason, where you can take on a meditation practice, how can you find the two minute pockets where you can just like, be with whatever is so Rami sitting outside in the chair in the sun. For me, honestly, it's like just monotasking. I think we've talked about that before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of new plants around our house that I need to water for 45 minutes every day. And it's just like, this is the only thing that I'm doing right now. To just slow it down and be here and be in this moment. Or little what I call like embodiment shifts, you know? So how can I be with whatever sensation is in my body uh, or adjust my posture in any moment to help me regain presence? Because what I find when I'm in more of a reacting mode, my energy in my body is like forward, Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like find a way to describe this on the podcast yeah. without a visual, but like forward. It's almost like I'm leaning, advancing on what is in front of me. And so taking a posture that helps me get back to like a centered. Like I'm I'm not leaning forward, anticipating the next thing, but I'm just like here, fully grounded, fully vertical in my body. Yep. So things like that. But I do find that it makes such a big difference. It's made such a big difference in my mental health when I take time for just like those two minute breaks in between calls or whatnot to just regain center and be with what is here and then notice it gives me space to notice the thoughts in my head and choose my response versus just letting it take over the response
1: yeah i like that
0: okay so let's bring it on home to the tactical what are some ways that you can actually tangibly begin to experiment with practicing self-compassion in your life i think the first one that she talks about in the book is remembering that suffering equals it's an equation pain times resistance. So pain may not be optional, right? Like you may be dealing with a really crappy situation, but your resistance is a variable that you can change how much you resist actually like allowing yourself to feel and be with whatever is painful or hard. So uh, tactically, I think what this looks like is maybe for you to just ponder for a minute. And this may be sound kind of Debbie Donner, but like, this is the art of self compassion. Like, what is painful right now in your life? And where can you reduce your resistance to exploring that or being with that sensation by extending compassion?
1: I like that. Cause it's also like, look, we're all going to have pain. You're yes. going to have, you're going to suffer, you're going to have pain. But the amount of resistance that you're putting against it is just a multiplier. Like, it's just going to make it worse. Yes. So if we can show compassion in terms of, Our resistance, then, it should help us process that pain because it's not going to be nearly as painful. Like we won't have as much suffering. I love that. I love that.
0: Another exercise that she recommends is what she calls the three chair exercises, and I'm going to simplify this because she's like literally like lay out three chairs in front of you and switch chairs. I'm like, yeah, nobody has flipping time.
1: Hello, rich people have three chairs. (laughs) Okay, okay.
0: Well, and I'm just like, how do we make this practical? <laughs> so I literally will do this. It's funny, because I, I did this before I read this book. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is probably where whoever told me about this got it from. So just thinking in your mind, even about three different personas that might be in your head. One is the inner critic. One is the person that's being judged or criticized. And the, a third is a wise or compassionate observer. You know, so like... Um, Ah, I'm trying to think of something. Like honestly, my self-compassion score is, this sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> my self-compassion score is so high right now that it's really hard for me to think of a time that I was like recently criticizing myself. But probably like something with parenting is an example where I might be like, "Oh, I really I was too hard on T in that moment. I should have dialed it back or whatever." You know, like that might be my self-critic coming forward. Mm-hmm. And then I would take on the persona of like the one being judged. You know, of like are you kidding like you worked a 10 hour day that was so hard like screw you f off like i don't want to hear what you have to say right now and then there's the wise compassionate observer that might say like okay you two like let's see if we can work this out Uh-huh. shannon's had a really long day she did the best that she could in that moment she's gonna do some things differently next time just like a little tangible in the way but but i really like to sometimes i won't even do like the one being judged or criticized and i'll just have my inner critic talk to the wise compassionate observer of like hey come on now what can we do here
1: i like that i like the kick the middle one out because also who has three chairs shannon who has three chairs hello rich people uh but i like the two chair idea the inner self-critic and the wise compassionate observer like having the conversation right of like you suck and it's like well no like let's take a step back and and like have some compassion here
0: yes so letting that be a a two-way conversation in your head versus just only hearing the critic uh and then the third thing she one of the things she recommends in the book is taking on a mantra so the mantra that she gave (laughs) and then i'll give you a simpler one is this is a moment of suffering suffering is part of life may i be kind to myself in this moment May I give myself the compassion I need? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I could remember a one, two, three, four sentence mantra. No. So a simpler one that I've used and I use within myself when I make mistakes now is just a, oh, how human of me. How human of me to have sent that client the wrong link in the email. How uh-huh. human of me to have... Forgotten the start date of that client's new job. How human of me to insert anything that you're like feeling a little bit like oh shoot I just made a mistake or I just screwed up. How human of me? Not enough.
1: So do we have a quiz?
0: Yeah, and then the last thing you can do if you want to get a better sense on where your self compassion is today. I just took this quiz last night. <laughs> I was like, dang, my score is up. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's come so Robbie knows. So if
1: you want to build your self-esteem, take the self-compassion quiz when you're in a good place. Yes. And it'll all come together.
0: Truly. So there's a quiz you can take. We'll put the link on Instagram for you. Uh, But if you Google probably like self-compassion quiz, I bet you could find it too. If you're just like, can't wait for the link. (laughs) So take a quiz to build your awareness on how you're doing in those different self-compassion elements today. Uh, and I think even by taking the quiz, it can give you insight into like where you maybe want to grow or expand.
1: I love it. All right, Shannon, recap us. Give us the whole thing.
0: The whole thing. Okay. Uh, we now have clarity on what compassion is. We now know why self-compassion is better than self-esteem. If, if somebody wants to fight me on that, <laughs> please DM me on Instagram. <laughs> I would be very happy to fight you on this. As someone who fighted and resisted that for a long freaking time. God bless my therapist. (laughs) Some tools and tactics for how to embrace it. So remembering suffering is pain times resistance. Remembering what will simplify into the two chair exercise, letting your inner critic talk to a wise, compassionate observer versus them just having the main road, taking on that mantra of how human of me, anytime that we make a mistake or screw up, no matter how big, no matter how small, and then taking the quiz. If you want to build your awareness on how self-compassionate you presently are.
1: I love it. I love it. I think it's this is one of those things where a lot of i feel like a lot of our episodes are really about like very tactile things to help you with others and i think this one is very much a like how do you how do you just support yourself and how do you show a little bit of compassion give yourself that that warm hug that kindness yes how do you turn that inwards right like we talk a lot about like outward empathy but this yes. is really about like inward compassion which I think is 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 so needed
0: absolutely so with it. that we'd love for you to connect with us on Instagram at workplace hugs
1: and fight Shannon
0: and, and fight me if you want to <laughs> say that you're still going for self esteem over self compassion like oh my god <laughs> man I it's a tough road to hoe <laughs> not gonna hoe that road anymore but I'll fight you on it <laughs> with that I've been Shannon.
1: I've been Rami and this has been Workplace Hugs. (laughs)